Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another wonderful episode of No Grey Areas. Uh, today we had uh, a guest in who's a, a long-time friend of Denny's to enlighten us on the uh, motoring industry. Yeah. So uh, hopefully you guys find it. Uh, this is more like a consumer advice kind of episode, I think. No. Yeah, I think it's interesting. I think yeah, consumer advice, but also just just yeah, yeah, consumer advice. Yeah. Basically, <laughs> not not me and Denny chatting shit for an hour and a half. This was actually like useful information that yeah. hopefully you guys can can use. Obviously, uh, as you know if you're listening to this we're still available on all platforms i think we had some glitches or itunes but i think then he sorted it did I you sort it all yeah, yeah. so we are available on spotify itunes soundcloud um anchor anchor and actually uh, google podcasts i've been busy we're okay. on a lot of other shit i'm gonna have to post it and um update the instagram page and let you know where we're available because there's an, about another 10 other platforms but yeah um yeah, so check us out. You've got no excuse. Hit us up, obviously, on uh, on Instagram and Facebook, NJ Podcasts. Um, and yeah, if there's any subjects you want us to, to go in on or any other experts you can think that we should speak to, then uh, by all means, hit us up. But other than that, just sit back, relax, and enjoy these beautiful voices. Right, we're all good then, yeah? We're, we're ready to go. We're live. Well, we're, we're ready not, to go. We're not live at all. So, uh, so today we are, are honoured to have a guest. And uh, yeah, introduce yourself first. It could be yeah. the listeners. I don't know who you are. Uh, we'll do that in the introduction, <laughs> you dick. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah. So, would you like to introduce yourself, sir? Yeah, my name's Dave. I've uh, been in the motor trade for about 18, 19 years. Uh, had various job roles. Started out fixing cars. Mm. Now into a bit of telling people how to fix cars. That's a bit about my background, really. Sounds like you. It sounds like you're at a job interview. Like the way you said it, I was like, <laughs> mate, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling it. Give me more. Give me more. <laughs> cool. So, Dave and myself um, have known each other for probably approaching must be at least twenty years. Definitely. Yeah, there, give or take. Give or take about twenty years. Had a few uh, interesting adventures in our day. Regulars at not in a carnival back in the day, Bristol and then once. Um, we've invited him today to talk about the motor industry. Um, what else did you want to talk about? So you mentioned like... Buying and selling, the do's and don'ts, uh, finance. We want to speak a bit about Brexit and the scare tactics. Ooh, oh, and the yes. motor industry. Yeah. Uh, import tariffs, etc. Um, oh, that was it. I was... You guys got into a bit of a conversation about right, them yes. moving the uh, was it the Toyota factory or was that's correct. It's a few of them. It's a few of them. Yeah, a few, a few of them. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. I remember now. Yeah, I remember. My, that's my right. That's right. Back. Okay, cool. So let's just kick off though. Keep it a bit chill first. How how's your week been? What you been up to? My week's been good. Um, yeah, just busy at work. Uh, getting ready for Ascot. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah, not really a lot really. Just focusing on getting myself healthy and gym and etc. Apart from that, not a lot. Do really. you know what, man? You need to talk to Denny a bit about that because he's not really into the whole getting himself healthy thing. I'm trolling him on him online <laughs> yeah, as much I've as possible. I'm on holiday. I'm going to Ibiza tomorrow, so I've been working it. Don't worry. Okay. Okay. I, I hope so. Well, I'm just trying to do it nice and slow and steady. Myself. Um, this week's been good. I've been off work, so just been chilling, preparing for my holiday filing a few late taxes um, and just to carry on with what I said last week with so being recently single and dating 
I've seen some girl who um, got a bit psycho too early, so I had to let her go today, so that's quite sad. So I'm a bit sensitive right now. Okay. So be nice. Okay. When you, you need to elaborate a little bit though, right? <sighs> she wanted to see me more than I could see her, basically. And that's psycho, is it, Denny? <laughs> see, this is why women get twisted, yeah? <laughs> They're like, all I asked to do was see him. Nah, nah, and he's nah, like, nah, bitch, nah. it's over, no, you're too clean. It's the response. It's the response. It's the response. It's like, okay, so it's explained. You have the conversation. I can't see. Okay, let me give you an example. I said, this week I'm busy. Right? So I said, all right, I'm going to try and make some time. So then um, on Tuesday, I'm just going to be candid, right? On Tuesday, so, so, so I said, look, you can come around tomorrow. Tuesday in the daytime, we're talking and I'm like, I'm explaining. I was up late last night, really, really busy. And I'll just like, look, before you come around, don't get your expectations high because I might not want sex. I am fucking knackered. Okay. Kicked off. Kicked off so much. I just thought, I don't want to come around later now. It's like, cool. But Denny. How old are you? <laughs> You're 57 years old. Mate, I'm sorry, I'm, I can't lay pipe. I'm tired. I was up late last night. What's wrong with you, bro? You need tired. to just pop a vibro and do the manly maybe, thing. Step maybe, up. maybe. But anyway, it kicked off and I was trying to be like, look, no that means no. No means no, right? Would you... It, let, let's run it back the other way, yeah? <laughs> let's say you want to go around her house, yeah? yeah? You want a piece of the biscuit, yeah. right? She's like, listen, I'm not feeling it, yeah? Yeah. So if you want to come around, you can come around. Yeah. But you ain't getting none. Yeah. Are I'll you? say cool. I'll just that's what I said to her. I said, we'll come around and uh, chill. But hold on. Yeah. Would you really go around? Yeah, of course. Allow that man. I'm no, staying no, home. She don't know what's up stalking yet. Hey, she, <laughs> listen, anyway, today it got to a point where it, she just basically she just keeps kicking off. And I was like, look, any little time I can spend with you, I appreciate. Like I look forward to it. But when you're beefing with me in between, you're making me not want to see you. So it's just making it worse. But she's, she, she drinks a lot and she just kept calling me up and beefing when she's drunk. So my logic was, like, we're not together, we're just seeing each other, right? I'm like, you're supposed to get crazy after you've roped me in, right? After I'm your man, after, like, down the line. Then be as crazy as you want. But before we're together, why are you, like, it's too early. Yeah, enough. So, yeah, I'm sad about it because she was a nice girl. Apart from uh, the high sex drive and the alcohol. Okay. That's, that's pretty that's deep. That's me, that's my week. That's pretty deep. Yeah, that's my week. You? Bro, I've just been cracking on with my late night. Anyone who follows me on Instagram, you see I go to the gym at stupid o'clock. So I've been like getting into the gym at like 11, getting out of the gym at like 1 in the morning sometimes, whatever. It killed me. But I tried, um, so I tried shaving with a cutthroat this week, right? Mm. You know, a, a straight razor, yeah? Yeah. It did not go well, man. <laughs> did not go well. <laughs> and I was like, I watched a couple of YouTube videos first just to, just to see like what's... What's the, after that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm I'm watching these and all these guys are like, yeah, yeah, you know, so easy, it's comfortable, you don't get any cuts, any you know, any shaving rash, yada yada yada. I'm watching these barbers do it, they're giving their tutorials, this is how you do it, this is how you do it. And I realise cutthroat razors are great when someone else is shaving your face. Yeah. Trying to look at your own neck while trying to keep the skin tight and cut it with a, a very sharp, like unsafe blade is not the one. And to actually cut the hair, you have to move the blade quite quickly, like really short, sharp, fast movements. Man, I cut the fuck out of my neck. I'm lucky I didn't kill myself. I, I, um, I used to use one, um, and it, it actually took me like months to learn how to do it properly. I just used to cut myself bare. Yeah. I do it now. But even just the whole, when you're looking in the mirror, your left is right and your right is left. Yeah. And even when you're concentrating, you're thinking about it too much, it just messes up. Yeah, I was like, because the thing is, I only shave my neck anyway. I've not had a clean shaven face for like, 14 years 
I think like I had I had a beard way before it was cool, and now they're like going <laughs> they're going out again. I'm I'm still rocking it. I don't care. I'm not I'm not getting rid of it. But um but yeah, it's really hard to like line up your beard with a cutthroat. It's just not the one. And uh, it's I'll, I'll still practice it. I think it's one of those things where like if you're gonna start using it, it's there's some like little insecure thing about you. Like, mate, I'm a real man. Yeah, I'll use a cutthroat. Yeah, I can do this. And then you start doing it, you go, whoever uses these things still now, you're fucking idiots. Because yeah. you've got safety razors, like throwaways, disposables, there's all these other options that are much quicker, easier, and safer. Why are we still trying to cut ourselves? You might as well just use a stone, like a sharp stone. Just go, yeah, <laughs> I'm going to shave myself with this rock. <laughs> Stupid. No, when you get it white, it does give you a nicer cut. It does. Yeah. yeah. But but that, that, so that was me this week, except for one other thing that will bring us onto topic. I put my car up on AutoTrader this week. Right, the family wagon is going. Right, we've had it for a year. I got it for what I would say is a, a good price. In fact, if you want, we'll, we'll talk figures as well. I don't know if you want to you know. talk figures. All right, so I got this car for thirty-eight grand. So two thousand fifteen, late two thousand fifteen, Audi Q7 S line. It's uh, it's got quite a few optional extras. It's got like the twenty-one inch diamond cut alloys. It's got the panoramic roof. The heads-up display, the virtual cockpit. It's basically got everything that's an option except for the air suspension. It's the only thing it doesn't have. And it had uh, aftermarket uh, side steps, the running boards put in. Yep. So got everything. Cars served me well, giving me no issues. But the missus gets terrified driving it because it's five and a half meters long. And it's, it's, it's not great when you're like trying to get through narrow obstacles and stuff like that, which her mum's driveway is only about three inches wider than the car to get in through the brick wall. So it's just danger all around, really. So I was like, do you know what? We're, we're going to move house soon. We could do with taking some of the equity out of the car. We'll just get a cheap little runaround for a year and uh, and just, just say goodbye. It's one of those things I realised as well. Like, we could have got a much cheaper car in the first instance. Like, we didn't need to splash out that much. Uh, but at the time, she was pregnant with our second and I was like, do you know what? You give me two kids, right? You can have whatever car you want. If she had asked for like a Porsche Panamera, I'd have been like, all right. I also can't afford that, but I'll make it happen. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so uh, so yeah, so that's uh, that's going up on the market. Um, and do you know what? It's weird because I looked around, and uh, you know, on on the Auto Trader app, it you put in your reg, you put in the mileage, and it suggests yeah. the selling price. Yep. So the, it suggested thirty-one grand. I couldn't find on Auto Trader a car with my spec for 31 grand I couldn't I could barely find one for 35 grand and the ones that I did they'd like they had they either didn't have all the options mine had or whatever so mine's up at I think it's 35,950 or something which there's there's one right next to it for 36 grand that's got because mine's still got a year's warranty on it through uh, through Marshalls yeah um and it's also got a paint protection thing on it where, like, if you chip your car, you can just call them up and they'll come out and repair the paint. Um, so, yeah, so I had that. And I've already had, like, two people call me up and go, I'll give you uh, 29 grand for it, bruv. <laughs> I'm like, is it? You're going to suck me off as well. <laughs> about about 7,000 times. Because <laughs> uh, other than that, you ain't touching my car. So, yeah, it's weird. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's, that's, that's good. It's so all right we'll talk from my experience obviously i've got a lot of experience in the trade obviously been in the game a long time there isn't much i don't know about cars buying and selling 
fixing um before you ask people that work in the industry are the worst people to ask about the best car to buy we only ever hear or know of the broken ones okay that's it okay period okay, okay. that so, makes sense but it's, it's not something you'd think about yeah not yeah so really yeah, it's like it makes sense. so it's really like oh have you heard of this car yeah all right i ain't buying it then. <laughs> yeah that's it so yeah we'll get on to as you started with the the selling part since we'll start with the selling bit why did you pick auto trader just because i've so i've sold cars i, I change car like every year pretty much yeah. i've changed car every year for like the last 10 years we got two cars as well so yeah. every six months basically i'm selling a car Auto Trader tends to be the one where you get people that are generally more interested in buying a car. If yeah. you put it on Facebook, if you put it on Gumtree, uh, no one really uses... What's the other one? I can't remember. Uh, Exchange of Mart. Yeah, motors.co.uk. There's, yeah. there's, there's a variety. But generally, Auto Trader is the market leader for selling your car. Also, another reason you put your car on Auto Trader is it's because it's so damn expensive. You want yeah. a premium ad on Auto Trader for three weeks? It's it's eighty five pound. Yeah, yeah. I went for like the standard one for yeah. six weeks, and that was still like fifty quid. Yeah. So it's the premium place to sell your car. Like you just explained, you're selling your car for thirty five grand. You're appealing to a set market. Yeah. You're not selling a car that's five hundred. You're not going to use Facebook Marketplace yeah. to sell your thirty-five grand motor. Yeah. Oh, and I did try. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's so some idiots contacting me. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Want to sell them, swap it for a pair of slippers or something? <laughs> so yeah, it's it 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 ranges massively depending on what you're selling. Like some things are good for some vehicles. If you're selling anything sub five grand then maybe, yeah, you can look at the alternatives. But if you're selling anything that's of a substantial value or is a decent vehicle, then you you want to promote the vehicle. So people know that you're about to invest to sell your car. Yeah. So people go to the most reliable source, which is Auto Trader. It is the, it's the industry leading. It's even if you look now as you're browsing through the Auto Trader, you even get main dealers are now advertising on the Auto Trader. Yeah. Because it's such a big outlet, is where they can't they can't get a customer reach now. Okay. So that's 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 why the auto trader is so popular. So what would you what what sort of things? So if I was selling a car, what yeah. would be some of the sort of key things to sort of make my ad stand out? You need to be very descriptive, um, from start to finish. Loads of photographs. Don't be shy about photographing and explaining the stuff that's wrong with the car. One thing that winds me up the most is when people are dishonest. I will come and I will look at the car, whatever it may be, and if there's something wrong with it, 95% of the time I will find out. But by that time, I'm standing at your doorstep. Yeah. So then if I phoned you already, and everyone lies, I don't care who it is. If you're selling something, you'll tell anyone it's the best. <laughs> you're not gonna, someone phones you up, you're not gonna go, Nah, actually, mate, it's not that good. You might want to go and look at another one. I, I only ever drove it in night time <laughs> because I didn't want the UV rays to hurt it. The paint is perfect. So, yeah, just be honest. Like, plenty of photographs, a good description, the, the time and period you've owned it. Like Lewis said, he, he only ever keeps the car for a year. Now, if I don't know how many previous owners this car had, but the number of owners this got, 
the reason you're selling it. Yeah. It's all key details that will make someone trust you that much more than someone who just puts up two pictures up, one at the front and one at the back, and a brief description, which is mostly populated by the auto trader itself. Yeah. So be as detailed as you can. And that's the, basically that attracts people. And obviously the upkeep of the car is one of the most important things. Now that will get onto us talking about a discussion of buying a car. Yeah. Now, obviously there's a massive market for people buying second-hand cars. Yeah. Now, you've got people like the Fiat 500 girls. They're the world's worst. Yeah. They will just turn up and buy a car based on the fact that it matches their nail colour. Yeah. yeah? <laughs> right? And that's no joke. Or if mum and dad have agreed to pay for it. The amount of people that I get phoning my phone, texting me, messaging me, they send me pictures of a car or an advert and they say, what do you think of this car? And I look at it and I think, I wouldn't buy that. And then I text them back and go, nah, look for something else. I bought it. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you asking Why me? Why are you asking me now? <laughs> and then it's a whole world of hurt for the next six months because yeah. they're finding out that there's loads of things wrong with it or it's not the car that they expected they're buying. Yeah. It's... Buying a car is the second most biggest purchase you'll ever make in your life. Anyone that's listening to this now, if you go and buy a car without someone who's got some sort of knowledge of looking over it, inspecting it, doing the basic checks, more for you. You're stupid. Do you what, know what? what about these? These you know you get the um, like you can pay for like, AA, like AAC or AHS. Or whatever, yeah. yeah. Are they far you, enough? They... They're far enough, okay. but have you seen the price? How much is it, like £100? It depends if you're a member or not. They can charge uh, up to £250 to inspect okay. one vehicle. Now, Lewis is selling this car for thirty-five grand. Yeah. £250 off of a thirty-five grand car is an investment well done. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. People do not even do the basics. Let's just be honest, though. You don't need to spend that 250 my car <laughs> no, no, no. has never been driven <laughs> i just wound the clock forward to thirty-five thousand to make it look like it's but my car's been in a showroom its whole life that's <laughs> it so yeah people don't even do the basics for two pound fifty three pound you can get a text-based hbi check delivered to your phone yeah. to tell you whether your car's got outstanding finance whether it's a category write-off etc it's the industry's made it so simple for people to do the basic checks and people don't even do that. Yeah. The car industry is one of the most corrupt industries yeah. out there yeah. and it's well-known fact. Dodginess. Well, just going back to what you said about it being the second largest investment you're likely to make, I'm assuming the first being a property. Exactly. Even even with that though, a property, like the, the a car is potentially more dangerous because if you get one that's shitty or unlooked after, that can potentially be your life yeah. or yeah, yeah. injury. Whereas even, you know, yeah, your house can fall down. The difference between a house and a car is a house can be repaired and it will always mostly yeah. appreciate yeah. value. Yeah. And a yeah. car depreciates from the moment that you buy it. You go and buy a brand new car out of a showroom, yeah, yeah you'll lose 5% before you've even got off the forecourt. That is just the way that the car world works. Yeah. Because unless there's a massive high demand and you've got, elite supercar money and there's a high demand for it yeah your car will lose value as soon as you drive it off the yeah, forecourt yeah. it's just a fact of life but over the period of years that you're having it the two to three or the five years that your your ownership that depreciation will obviously get sucked up so 
it's it's the perks of buying a brand new car. So it's it is what it is. Have but you ever bought a brand new car? No, but my mum and my home. sister both have. Okay. Did you like? Do you like kind of just sigh to yourself and bite your tongue a little bit when you hear about people doing stupidness like that? Because it's like you're like you're like mum. What the fuck do I do for a living? <laughs> <laughs> the difference is I managed to get my mum a good deal because of the people I know in the trade. Okay, okay. So take for instance my mum's previous car. She had it for nine years. Right. She only lost six thousand pound on it over a nine-year period. Oh, wow. So the way that I look at it is you can't rent a car for that period of time. Yeah. And still come out of it with some equity. Yeah. So it's basically based on personal preference. Now, there is some do's and don'ts. Like I say, there is like some things, they're simple things. Like uh, the MOT database is all online now. So one of the most simplest checks you can do on a second-hand car when you're going to buy it, if it's over three years old, is type in MOT checker in Google, type the registration number in of the vehicle, and it will bring up the whole vehicle's history of every MOT, advisories, failures, mileage, etc. It is the most simplest thorough check you can do when buying a second-hand car, and it will determine whether you should go and view it or not. Oh, so even before you to even determine if you should even go. even before you even okay. even before you even phone the person. Okay. Because if you if you look on the MOT history and they've advised that it's got two worn tires, it's got something wrong with the suspension. But they're all advisories. Right. You know that that person has not maintained the car because it's it's it was good enough to pass the MOT. Right. But it's an advisory, so they have they they've took it upon themselves. Nah, you know what? I ain't going to invest in the car. I'm not going to maintain it. That could have been two or three MOTs ago. Yeah, so yeah. you're talking like these issues are now going to be predominantly major issues two years down the line. Yeah. But they still haven't repaired them. Yeah. Okay, but... So from... I'm, I'm, I'm thinking like a little bit defensively here, yeah? Because I've had cars that have failed... Like, not even failed, had advisories. Yeah. And then I've, I've got them repaired. It shows it on the thing. On the... On, if, if you... No, if, Get, it, if it's an advisory though, let's say I got my car MOT like six months ago, yeah, and now I'm selling it, and it came up like front uh, front driver side bushes are worn. Yeah, I get them changed. You'll have the receipt. I'll have the receipt. Yeah, that's so that's what I was gonna say. Don't necessarily write off, but yeah, don't use that off. as a tool for questioning the, yeah. the, the owner. But if there's a massive list, yeah. oh yeah, then you yeah. know. Then obviously, and you're looking at and you're looking at a vehicle and a similar price between four or five that you're contemplating going yeah. to look at. Yeah. If you do that basic check on all five cars and one comes back there squeaky clean, mm. I'm not going to say that it's going to be the one to go and buy because there's lots of defining factors when buying a car, which is why it makes it so complicated and that you should always look to seek some sort of professional advice. Yeah. So that MOT checker thing, is that free? That's free. Yeah. Okay. It's there, free. there are sites. Okay. You When you search on Google, there are sites that are paid for yeah. that come up before that. Obviously, like look for the .gov website, the, yeah, the DVLA website. Yeah, that's it, yeah. You, you, want, you want the the official one. Like I say, it's... Yeah. And then, obviously, it, it all just comes down to personal preference then. Like I say, it's... The problem that most people have is is if you're, if you're like a first-time driver. Right. You're very naive. You're just so excited you want to go and buy a car. You're, going, you're predominantly looking in the car market of under five grand because not many people 
I've, I've got much revenue to go and buy a brand new car. A lot of people do go and buy brand new cars, yeah. but you'll notice nowadays that the industry stopped doing free insurance for people under the age of That's 21 right. or yeah. 25 because the days of you going to Vauxhall, getting a Corsair, one liter, and then giving you free insurance, and you thinking, yes, I've hit jackpot, ain't happening now. Because of the way the industry's gone, where you've got a black box is fitted, yeah. you can't drive at specific times, yeah. there's conditions on your driving, etc. It makes it so complicated to insure people. Yeah. So yeah, predominantly people that are first time buyers in the car market are the ones that, that are, are the one that fall foul of buying a car. Okay, that takes us, that's a good uh, segue actually, because I'm about to, I'm looking at the moment for yeah. a first car for my daughter. Yeah. Now in my head, I'm thinking, because I don't know much about cars. Yeah. So my immediate thing was, right, the newer, the less likely it is to have any issues. Should I just get a, like a car while I'm paying like, I don't know, like a hundred pound, 150 pound a month, it's new. Um, and then I know she's got like a warranty. I know she's got a mechanical cover. I know she's got all of these things. So I have a bit of peace of mind. What what would your advice be then, sort of, so we're looking for a first car? My advice for a first-time driver, set the budget from the okay. start. Set the budget from the start. Okay. Yeah? Including that budget, the main defining factor before you even look at a car, the insurance. Right. Before you even consider your top three cars, write them down on a piece of paper, go on the insurance, compare websites, type in the registration. Put in your details. Put in that you're a brand new driver. Get an insurance quote for them top three cars. Right. See which one comes back and see which one's the cheapest to insure. Yeah, yeah, okay. You could potentially go and buy a car for three grand and end up paying three and a half grand insurance. Now, where's the mentality in that? That's yeah. just mental. So I've got a question on that as well, right? So so the year I first started driving, yeah. legitly, because... You know, that, that was a bad year for us. <laughs> I was driving dirty before that. Um... So my, my dad put me on his insurance. Yeah. Right? Now, thankfully, I was all right. Okay? Because I'd been driving before, so I knew what yeah. I was doing. But we all know, like, I think it's something like, is it nearly half of all first-time drivers crash in the first three months? Yeah. Something stupid, right? So, I didn't even so that. if you're a parent, let's say you're in yeah. Denny's situation, would yeah. you recommend Denny let his daughter go on his insurance? Or would you suggest that she starts accruing her no claims as she early as possible? I've already that, told her to go to her nan, everyone else. I put a mum on my insurance before. Well, I ain't going to help you like much at all, but no the claims. amount of points you've got. <laughs> I try to save a little piece of money. No one's going to buy insurance again. I do sometimes add my mum as their driver. So it brings my dad out of it. You know, I've got to get them protected no claims. Yeah. That's what you got to do. But do you know what? That protected no claims thing, that's a scam. I brought this up before, right? So my wife has protected no claims. Someone drove up the back of her car. She had a new A3 yeah. on a Q Bridge. And uh, the other driver admitted liability straight away, da, 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 fine. And uh, the next year, in fact, it wasn't even the next year, it was a couple of years later, we're taking out insurance and they said, oh, uh, you failed to tell us that you were involved in an incident on the bridge, da, 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 da. I said, yeah, yeah, cool, cool, yeah, yeah, we've got to tell you about that, sorry about that, but it's no big deal because we've got protected no claims. And they said, yeah, but we still have to re uh, reprice your policy yeah. based yeah. on the risk factor. And I'm like... Yeah. What are you, why am I paying for protected no claims when you're still taking the claim into consideration? Insurance is based on risk and yeah. risk based management. Based on fucking ripping people off. It is based on, it's, it's legalised crime basically, insurance. Yeah. 
Insur insurance companies will tell you this themselves. If you have a car crash, whether it's your fault or someone else's, never admit you are people. likely to have another accident within the next 18 months. It's fact. Wow. It is out, it's out there. It's for everyone to read. just because you being a bit more like... But hold on. Doesn't that mean that you're likely to have an accident every 18 months? Only if you have the initial one, yeah. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. so that's it. Once you're done, you're done. So mate. you're moving target then. <laughs> you're on a Which, sub two year cycle. Why, in your situation, when you went to reinsure your car, I bet your premium still went up. Protect yeah. did no claims does not guarantee your premium. This is no. what they failed to tell people. People think, oh, I got protected no claims. Next year when I come to insure my car, even though I've had an accident, my insurance will be that's the same that, price. Yeah, yeah. It won't be the same price. Mm. Insurance premium tax goes up every single year annual risk factor yeah. because you've had an accident and even though you haven't claimed off your insurance you've used their service you've used their legal team you've used the the fact that you've gone to your insurance yeah. the fact that they're processing the claim on your behalf to get your car repaired you've still used the service they're not going to do their service for free that's why you will always pay additional that's why if you always have an accident first thing you want to do when your insurance comes up is change insurance provider that's <laughs> that's true because they always want to yeah, yeah. always want to get their money back. Yeah, yeah. And do you know, what? personally, I'd say if if you can, if you've got a cheap car and you hit another cheap car, have a chat with a driver. <laughs> exactly. I always say, listen, <laughs> bro, right? Because and he, so here's another thing that happened to my missus. She parked across the road from my house. My neighbour came, drove right up in front of with a Alpha One Five Nine at the time parked bumper to bumper with the car and then proceeded to push my then girlfriend's car three feet right push the car three feet and then reversed back like two inches i went and knocked on this woman's door i was like i just watched you push my car what are you doing she was like i don't need to deal with this my dad just died and i was like all right, all right i don't want to upset you but your dad passing doesn't give you free reign to play dodgems with people's cars right she was like go to the insurance i was like all right fine we'll go for insurance we called the insurance company told them what happened but then it's it seemed so much drama to go through it all and the damage was pretty minimal i actually managed to repair it myself so we just left it they still took it into consideration even though the claim wasn't processed they do so anytime you even think about calling your insurance company just remember it's going to cost you a lot of money um i've got so my last three cars I've leased. Yeah. Um, say, and one of the things I've noticed, which is weird with that, is the price variation at any given time varies. So one of my leases, and there's another thing with leasing as well. So one of my leases has just finished. I literally gave the car back on Tuesday. Tuesday yeah. just gone. I gave the car back. It's Thursday now for those who are listening. Um when I got the car, it was £240 a month. Yep. The model hasn't changed. Um, it's the same mark that's currently available. I can go on the same website with the same leasing company and that car's like £300 a month. Yep. There just seems to be no, I've, 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 um, I've, uh, I've already selected my new car. It's, um, it's a, it's, I've just got a Citroen C, C3 this time. Yep. I got it for £130 a month. Um, that's due to arrive in about two weeks. Now, if I go on that same website, the same car is £212 a month. Yeah. Basically, it works on demand. Right, okay. It, 
it it works exactly the same as if you're booking an airline ticket. Why? Okay. It's the same okay. with insurance. Yeah. Exactly the same way. Basically, the more demand they see for vehicles, the higher they push up the price. Right. You pick something that's at the bottom end yeah. of the market, you'll find that you can get some fantastic deals. Let me ask you a question. Why did you decide to lease? Um, a couple of things. I hate selling cars. I hate going yeah. through the hassle of waiting around, people coming, not turning up, trying to haggle, all of that. Um, the How I worked it out was for what I was paying for the... What I was what what I would pay. Obviously, I wasn't going to buy a brand new car. Yeah. Um, but the amount it cost me over a period of two years, I thought was reasonable for that car for two years. So did you put a deposit down? I did. What was your down payment? So so for example, if we if we say the current one, I've worked it out. I don't know if you want to do the math while I'm thinking. So the deposit is oh yeah, eleven hundred pound. Yeah. And then it's. Hundred and thirty-three pound a month. So that's fifteen hundred pound a year. So I can basically three grand. How much was your deposit? So that's uh, let's say round it up to twelve hundred pound deposit. So one sec, sorry, one three three times twenty-three, add twelve hundred, four thousand two hundred fifty-nine divided by twenty-four. So I'm paying one hundred seventy-seven pound a month. Right. Is that inclusive of insurance? No. What about service pack? It's include everything else, so it's including roadside assistance. Yeah. Um, uh, road tax is cheap. Road tax yeah. includes the road tax. Yeah. Um, that's it. It doesn't include any mechanical issues. Yeah. But I'm hoping it being a new car. Does it include it, It's got a warranty, so obviously yeah, certain yeah, got, things. Yeah. yeah so, so the majority of things will be covered on yeah, the manufacturer's yeah, warranty yeah. under under the, yeah. under the two years. Yeah. Does it include servicing? Yeah. Um. No. Is it a brand new car? It's a brand new car. Right. right. Yeah. So you can add, just say you can add another 300, 350 pounds for servicing over that period yeah. because you obviously have to maintain it yeah. while you've still got the vehicle. So you're probably looking at a ballpark figure with the other few bits and bobs, maybe some tyres at the end of the lease, maybe to give it back. You're probably yeah. looking at about five grand over two years. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Five grand could have got you probably a decent average second-hand car which you would own outright, which would have some value and we're probably going for a lot longer. A lot of people, this is the problem with the motor industry nowadays, a lot of people are doing this because it is so affordable now. And this is the problem which we had the discussion about, which there's too much supply in the car industry at the moment. Right, okay. Because they're they're trying to innovate the car industry so quick. The way that the car industry is going and the issues that it's going for at the moment is crazy. You've got all these ultra low emission zones coming in mm. all across London, yeah. where it's including in the congestion charges now going to cost you £27 to drive a diesel that's not Euro 6 emissions wow. into London. It's absolutely crazy. It's it's, it's just it's, it's costing people off the road, basically. Yeah. Yeah. It's, but, but that's my thing, though, right? Have you seen congestion in London go down? It ain't fucking going down. People no. are still driving. They're just paying and the money. Part of that as well is though, because they're narrowing. A lot of roads are being narrowed for bike lanes and stuff, aren't they? So there's yeah. certain roads where they're creating gridlocks, uh, bottlenecks, so to speak. Um, for, uh, cyclists. for cyclists. So you've yeah. got the same amount of cars on the road as before, but they're on the road for longer because there's more traffic. 
because of the cycle lanes and, and stuff. And there's a lot more 20 mile per hour zones as well, which yeah. obviously yeah. slow and things That's where my conspiracy theory hat comes on and goes, they're just trying to rape us. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> true, it's true, it's yeah, true. Yeah. It's, yeah, like I say, it, it comes down to a lot of defining factors, but it's the, the car industry is going through such a change where a lot of people are just leasing cars. We're a throwaway society now. Yeah. We want technology at the forefront. Yeah. So, like you say, in two years' time, you'll just give that car back as long as it's in a decent condition, yeah. a resellable condition, where there's no bodywork damage, etc. You can give it back. Now, this is going to bring me on to my next point. Because I just gave back my last lease car. <laughs> How much? I don't know anyone that has given back their car yeah, yeah and not had some sort of financial penalty. I'm not going to lie, right? I, I did go over my mileage, so I expected a little bit for that. Yeah. So they'll send me that. But I'm not going to lie. I took my car, I had a, a small accident in it. Yeah. And there was a dink on the bumper. Yeah. Some people tried to get it as much as they could. And then someone went up the side of me on the other side and there was a little dink on the bumper. Two mechanics. Yeah. Um, one was a friend of a friend and another one's a mechanic I always use who's pretty, he's like always been sound with me. Yeah. Um, said, you need a new bumper. So I was thinking 800 plus flat, yeah. plus, uh, plus pounds. Um, and then there's little dinks and that, the wheels. Yeah. So then what happened? So I'm bracing myself for about 1,200 pounds. <laughs> like the guys, the guys doing this inspection, he's like, it was raining. So he's like, there's no point you waiting out here. Go inside, I'll call you when I'm done. So he sat me down, he's like, come in the car. He's gone, I'm sorry. Like, and he showed me the pictures and he's marked it all up. And he's like, look, obviously this is the part I don't like to do when I have to tell you. And um, he was like, it came up to like 309 pounds. So I'm like sitting there like in my head like, yes, yes. <laughs> but I'm obviously Tim, I'm going, oh shit, like is there anything I could do about that? Like, where am I going to get a 300 pound for? Can I get a discount on 300 quid? So he turned around and he goes, he says, to tell the truth, like when they give you that price, try and, have, yeah. like, try and speak to them and try and see what you can do. He said, worst case scenario, this is it. If you do get something off, then it's a bonus. So in my head, I'm like, oh my day, this is sick. You but had then, a good um, one. So that was lucky, that was lucky. But um, yeah, yeah, so I was grateful for that. But I know also on top of that, there's gonna be um, extra mileage as well. That they're yeah, yeah, yeah. Over as well, yeah. That's minor. On the point of that, of people inspecting cars, um, Lewis is looking to sell his car. Have yeah. you uh, used the uh, webuyanycar.com? Yeah. Got a quote? Yeah. <laughs> they offered me, uh, they offered me, I think they offered me like, tw- they offered me 30 grand. Yeah. Prior to, which, to inspection. To which I obviously ignored it, yeah. And then they sent me an email like uh, a week later. And he goes, oh, the market has changed, right? <laughs> we got a new valuation for your vehicle, right? And obviously I didn't I didn't get all giddy at this, right? I was very skeptical. And uh, and even then I was disappointed to see they offered me an, an extra £120 on their original sure. offer. And yeah, I know they, they're going to, obviously you, you take the car down and that's where they basically ask you to pull your trousers down and lend over the bonnet. Yeah. They, uh, they, they pay on the people that are basically desperate. Yeah. yeah. They pay even below average market value for their cars. All their cars go from their inspection sites to the auction houses. So if you imagine auction houses are predominantly, they're attended by people from the trade. Now, also I discourage people from going to auctions because it is that type of place. Unless you know a lot about motor vehicles and cars in general it's not a place for the general public a lot of people will say yeah go to I've got a massive bargain from the auction go to the auctions auctions are not the place to go unless you've got experience or you're going to take someone with experience they do give partial guarantees they do give they do do basic inspections on vehicles but literally 
you're paying a trade price because you're driving it away as, yeah. as if you're a trader. Wow. Now, like you just explained a minute ago, you're looking for a car for your daughter. There is a lot of people out there. This is one of the biggest things that winds me up when people are looking for cars. You look on Auto Trader and you'll see private ad, private ad, private ad, private ad, yeah. all the way down. You'll think these cars are amazing. Then, you, like you call up the you call up the guy and say, "Can I come and view the car?" Yeah, blah blah blah. Then you you turn up at the property to inspect it and you see like ten or twelve cars on on his driveway and you're like, you know, yeah. "This don't look right. Like this looks a bit dodgy." And then the guy starts saying, "Oh yeah, uh, you want to take it for a test drive?" Brings out a set of trade plates, etc. <laughs> These type of people. Yeah. They're basically rogue traders. They advertise as if they're private sellers, but they're traders. They're basically just trading from their house. Yeah. So it's not until it comes down to the to the point of you you want to make payment that they then decide that they're then a trader and they've already done the deal. You've decided you want to buy the car, etc. And then it becomes all complicated because they want to sell you as a trade. Now, if you buy a car of someone in the trade, they can't knowingly sell you a car that they know has got a fault wrong with it. Right, okay. Which is basically why people go to small garages and they go to manufacturers and they go to U-car dealerships because they get that little bit of peace of mind. Yeah. That basically if you drive the car away and two days later a warning light comes on, you can just drive it straight back to them. They have a duty of care to look into it and try and repair it. If you buy a car of someone on their driveway... It's a different ball game. Sold scene, it? It's sold and seen. Sold and seen doesn't really exist in the trade no more because it basically works on the same principle. Unless someone comes and has the car inspected or mm. they spend time to look over the car and they feel that they've done the most checks they can do, you have to basically... You're basically riding with it, basically. Yeah. The, the fact that they can bring it back because... Yeah. Do you know what? I actually did have a little... When you know, I mentioned before about the one five nine. I bought that one five nine from um, a, a trader, not like a private trader, obviously yeah, yeah, yeah. like a, a small independent garage in uh, I think it was Southampton. And I called the guy, typical used car salesman. He's like, "Listen, mate, this car it's in showroom condition. It's mint. If you turn up here and you're not happy with it, I'll pay for your fuel." I was like, "All right, cool, cool, cool." So I go down there look around the car it looks in good condition but it's obviously not showroom condition it was like four or five years old right and the thing i, th- I find with alphas is generally but it's not always the case but generally people only buy alphas because they really like cars and they're prepared to deal with all the crap that you're going to get buying an alpha because they just love them so i took the car for a test drive and the brakes was was screeching right and uh and i'm saying to the guy as i'm driving i said you know what i i, I think the discs are probably gone on this yeah and he's like, no, no, no. It's just because it's been parked up for a couple of months. There's a little bit of rust on the discs. It should be fine. Did it? It'll, it'll wear off. Did it? Right? I was like, okay. So then uh, I look around the car and it's got two tyres that are below the legal limit. I'd have walked away. Right? <laughs> but here's it. Right? I looked. I looked around. All the service book. It had just been serviced like uh, four months before. Everything else was cool with the car. Right? I, w- I got underneath it. I'd, like, I'd, I spent about an hour and a half looking at it. Right? Checking everything. So I said, look, you've got two issues with the car, the discs and the tyres. He goes, all right, so do you want to come back? I said, no, no, you told me this car, show them condition or I get my, my, my money for my fuel. Right? So if I'm going to come back, I drove down from London, 
right? At the time I was driving a Type R, which drinks fuel, I was like, you're gonna give me 120 quid, right? Because I need to go back and I need to come back again to pick up this car once you got it sorted. He's like, oh, okay. I said, or you can give me this car now, minus 800 pound off the asking price, right? As long as, you're, as long as you assure me that the discs are only screeching because the rust. He's like, yeah, 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 yeah. So we do a deal, right? I get back to London and a, and it's still screeching, which you know yourself, right? Rust, <laughs> Rust would be gone by then driving down the motorway, breaking from 70. So I call the guy up. I tell him straight. I'm like, listen, I'm bringing a car back. He's like, what? what, what? So I take it back. And he's literally, when I got it there, he goes, no, we, we did sold a scene. And I went, listen, mate, you know yourself. You're not legally allowed to sell me a car that's not roadworthy, Sick. right? So if you want, you want to take that route with me, that's absolutely fine. I'll be calling trading standards from your office right now. He called up his mechanic. He got his mechanic come down. I waited around in Southampton whatever for a few hours. He fixed it, everything. And even the guy was like, listen, Mr. Houston is a very serious man, <laughs> right? <laughs> make sure you do it properly. I was like, that's fine, mate. You just make sure. So yeah, obviously, if anyone tries to tell you, you know, you can't, you've got no course for, you know, taking your car back or whatever, if they are a legit trader, then you can tell him to go fuck himself, basically. You can, yeah, yeah. Some are worse than others. Another simple thing to do is Google the mobile phone number. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. If they've got multiple ads across different selling sites, yeah, yeah it's easy enough to find them. That's good. That's it's, good. it's like there, there's so many little tips that yeah. people could do. Like it's 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 easy. Like I say, the the basics are just MOT checker, HPI. Look at the description. Call the people now. Yeah. Another thing I always do, and it sounds crazy, but I always look at the background of the photographs. Okay. You know if they've got a big boy house, then you know it's do, do, you know, <laughs> <laughs> do you know what I just did? Do you know what I just did? I took my car up, I parked outside Growfield House the whole time. <laughs> yes! It's parked up in the car park. I swear to God. I parked yeah. it, I took it up there seven in the morning. The car park's empty. I was like, mate, this is going to look so sick. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. You know, if there's a big warehouse in the background, then yeah, you know you ain't buying off the... Yeah. So, in fact, when I, when I, um, when I handed back my lease on Tuesday, um, the front left tyre was below legal limit. Yeah. And, I, and I'm saying to the guy, I just took the car to be serviced. This is how much I don't know about cars. Yeah. I was like, I just literally, the car got serviced the week before. Because I knew you were obviously coming this week. It was like, yeah, servicing, mate, fixing a bull tire. Yeah. But you know what? So they're not I supposed would... to let you go without. No, they're not. Yeah, so I would have thought, I was like, I was saying, oh, I thought he would have at least let me know. So they refused to take the car initially. Yeah, because so, I'm robot. Exactly. Ah, okay. So then basically, I was like, I was in a panic because I'm going away. So he was yeah. like, oh, you're just going to have to rearrange it. Then there'll be a next charge and all that. So I was in a panic because I'm going away. So um, I was like, listen, I had to basically get on the phone, call up a few places, give them the wheel type, just the part worn, innit? Yeah. I had to end up paying, drive to some local place in Hayes, um, get a get a part worn, and then they luckily came back, um, done the inspection, and then they were, they were able to drive it off. Yeah. Someone else is going to drive that death trap now when that tyre blows out. <laughs> so. <laughs> so that's that's the thing, when it comes to maintenance, mm. obviously, personally, I've had a, I, I used to buy part worn tyres. Mm. I say I used to. Houston. I've I've had two serious issues. Either I <laughs> I drove up to Scotland, <laughs> completely shredded the sidewall of the tire out. Like while I was literally 
200 miles after uh, after putting this part worn tire on it so I don't I don't do that stupidness anymore I'm yeah. guessing you'd you'd recommend not to buy part worns nah nah definitely don't buy part basically how part worns are acquired is a number of ways but majority of part worn tires come off crash vehicles so or salvage vehicles so basically a car will be involved in an accident the brakes will lock up it will slide down the road you look at the tire and aesthetically it looks fine it's got plenty of tread on it it's come off a brand new car that's just been written off it will go if it gets as a total loss they want to recycle as much of that material from that vehicle as they can before they crush it. So what they do is they'll strip everything off, everything that they don't want to go to the recycle centre, and that's basically where a lot of the tyres come from. Now, they come from all across the world. Yeah. They get a lot of tyres, and these part ones are imported. So believe what about these? What about some of the... Um, I think there was a couple of years ago, there was a lot of talk about um, some of the Chinese... Yeah. So they're new, but they're the Chinese yeah, variations. Yeah, yeah. Are they still decent or...? It, it all it, it depends it depends on what you're doing if, if you're just a daily like driver yeah, yeah, and you're yeah. only going to go like 30 50 70 mile an hour on local yeah. roads you don't need formula one tires on your car right. yeah? Yeah, yeah you don't need to put even manufacturers now they still put lower standard tires you unless you're buying a high-end brand yeah. if you're buying for instance a kia or a hyundai or something of of, of that make a manufacturer they won't put premium tires on their car right you might not be able to buy the replacements that are the same brand that are on your tire, but you'll be able to buy a mid-range equivalent. You yeah. don't need to go and buy a leading brand. Yeah. Mate, I'll yeah. put Pirelli P0s on my bloody Ford Focus. Yeah. I'm serious about my tires. Bro, I bet you didn't put Pirelli P0s on that Audi. Yeah, man. My, my <laughs> kids are in that car, bro. <laughs> no, I put, uh, yeah. I've, got, I've got Continentals on there. That's, yeah. I did. On, the, on, the, on the subject of tires yeah. and manufacturers, I watched the... Indian Pakistan cricket the wow. other day. Yeah. One of the biggest cricket games known to man. Yeah. Advertised on there was a tire company, MTK. I've never heard of MTK tires in my life. But sure. apparently in that part of the world they are yeah. the leading tire manufacturer. Wow. Now don't get me wrong, I haven't done no research. Yeah. But I'm imagining MTK are part of a big tire organization wow. which is just not fronted by Bridgestone, Dunlop, yeah. Goodyear. They're bound to be in ties with one of them yeah. major manufacturers. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, it's it like I say, it just because it hasn't got a brand name, don't let it put you off. Yeah. yeah. Um. All I would say is go to a reputable tire company. There's plenty of car review sites out there now. Speak to people. Yeah. The best recommendation you can get for a garage, for a mechanic, for a car even, is to speak to people. If you know people that have got a car that you're interested in, say to them, what, "What's this car like?" Like, get, get, get a feeling from them because, like, everyone's different. But it's good to get an opinion, yeah, like yeah. you would have a recommendation if yeah. you wanted a builder, you wanted yeah. a plumber, anything yeah. like that. Yeah. A car's exactly the same. If someone drives an Audi and you you, you want a recommendation on an Audi, say to people, "Like, oh, like what's your Audi like? Yeah. Or when you take it to the dealer, what's the dealership like?" Right? Yeah. Don't get me wrong, dealerships are the worst people out there. I worked for one for 12 years. Yeah. yeah. That's why they're called dealerships. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's why. Because how you can go somewhere and they charge you £155 an hour to look at your car wow. yeah. is extortionate. Yeah. My, so 
my local Audi, this one on the train yeah. estate. I had a. Uh, I've had a lot of Audi. I think I think this was when I had my A3. I'd uh, took it for a service. I knew, I knew I had a really small hole in the radiator, tiny. I was literally like topping up tiny little bit fluid every like three weeks. Is that's how small the the leak was? So um, so I knew I had to get my radiator changed, but it was just one of those things. I was like, I put it off. It's fine. Once it gets. Once I've got my, my next service out of the way and I've got a little bit more money because you've got to take the whole front end off the car to change the radiator nowadays. It's not it's not a simple thing. So I took it to the uh, to Audi and when it came back, they said, right, so we need to top up your coolant level because it's a little bit low. I was like, right. And it goes, and then we need to, because you have a leak in your radiator, so what we need to do is we need to replace your radiator. I was like, right. So we're gonna we're gonna charge you to drain down the system, replace the radiator, and then we need to fill the system back up. So we need to charge you for coolant, and then the the cost for parts and labor to strip your radiator out and put a new one in, and then more coolant. To which I looked at her and I was like, "Are you retarded?" <laughs> She's like, "What?" I said, "You're gonna top up my radiator." With fluid, just before you drain it back down, you're going to charge me for that. £17 for 500 millilitres of coolant. She's like, well, that's that's just what the report came back and said. I was like, all right, I'm never bringing my car back here again. And funnily enough, I took my Q7 to the same dealership for because it was coming up to the end of its manufacturer's warranty. Yep. And um, they actually broke my uh, rear because the, there's an issue with the gas strut. It wasn't lifting the... the boot lid the, the entire way yeah so they took the boot lid off replaced the back struts or whatever they bloody broke my windscreen uh, washer in the process i didn't realize cause it didn't rain for like two three weeks i went to when it had rained and the w- back window got dirty i went to spray the the fluid over it bloody didn't work called up the dealership well it's been three weeks sir <laughs> three weeks you didn't realize i was like i didn't drive the damn car my wife's been driving it. it's been sunny what the hell you want they're like, no, sir, there's nothing we can do. You're going to have to bring it in. You will have to pay for it. I was like, you can come fuck yourself. So, yeah, uh, I, I now take it to a, a local specialist. I don't know if you know him, VRT. Yeah, do know VRT, yeah. Yeah, and they used to work for VW as well, those boys. Yeah. I actually used to go to school with one of them. Um, and they're, they're good guys. And because a, they're a, an approved specialist, right? So yeah. they're just, are they as good? I don't know. Are they Like, if you're looking to maintain, obviously, you've got a, a more expensive car, and you want to have a, a decent service record on it. I've taken my Q7 to them because yeah. I know they do good work and they're not going to rip me off. Yeah, t- to be honest, as long as they're reputable and they're local and they're, they're and and you trust them is the main thing. Like I say, as as long as you have some sort of service record. When you're looking at a car, you don't expect people to go to the manufacturer for the full service life of the vehicle because it's although people do look for that, they want full Audi service history. As long as you've got full service history to say that you've actually maintained the vehicle, you've shown that you've took it upon yourself to maintain the vehicle. If it has no maintenance record and there's no history to check, you don't know what's been done on the vehicle. They will still do the same service. They will still use the same parts. You're just not paying the premium of having your ego massaged by the manufacturer when you go in there with free teas, coffees, and biscuits. Mm. It works. For the experience. <laughs> yeah, and you might get a valet wash. <laughs> yeah. And that's yeah, it. Yeah. And a bit of tire shine. But 
that's basically what you're paying for. The, the, you're paying for the prestige to basically go sit in their showroom and for for them to do it. It's, any car in the manufacturer's warranty, it gets a little bit more complicated. Technically, you don't have to have your car serviced by the manufacturer, even if it's in warranty, as long as you can prove that you've used approved genuine parts, you've had someone who's capable of doing it and you get a receipt, they still can't invalidate your warranty. Now, it does get a bit more technical when there's a few grey areas with warranty where the manufacturer and the dealer, because they're two separate people, basically the dealer are independent from the manufacturer. The dealer on your behalf will argue the case with the manufacturer and that's when, if they say you've got brand loyalty, they'll often do the, 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 the issues in the warranty even though there might be a grey area where they might or might not. Now, if you haven't got brand loyalty and you've been having your vehicle service outside of the brand, they then tend to they then tend to say, nah, do you know right. what? We, we can't honour this warranty. You'll have to pay for it. So, just to caveat a little bit, going on to... Um, so, I was going to talk about electric cars. And yeah. particularly with you talking about the way the industry is changing... Um, would, would that sort of push for electric come into play in that? Yeah, well, I'll give you a little statistic. Alternative fuel vehicles, i.e. not petrol and diesel, yeah. account for 6% of the car market currently in sales. Right. Okay. From May to May, it's 6% in car sales, wow. total car sales. So it's a small proportion yeah. of the market. Now... A well-known fact in the industry is that in this country, there's 32 million vehicles on the road, approximately. Right. right? There isn't enough battery in the world to take every vehicle off of the road and replace it with a battery car. Right, okay. So there's a massive downfall in the technology at the moment, which is why it's not being pushed. Yeah so hard so would that mean they ultimately they want to aim for a mix they want to aim for a mix and they also at the moment another solution yeah hydrogen my man i've been waiting for someone like you hydrogen vehicles (laughs) basically if if alternative fuel vehicles don't take off hydrogen will be the next technology within the next five years that you'll be seeing you'll be seeing hydrogen driven vehicles now toyota nissan lexus they're already developing vehicles right. as an alternative. But there is an issue with hydrogen. Yeah. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but the issue with hydrogen so far is that in order to generate hydrogen, it costs more energy than you end up with. So yeah. to, to generate hydrogen from the atmosphere, which obviously there's an abundance of it, yeah. it actually requires more energy than you get out. Yeah. The only benefit of hydrogen is the only output you get from it is what? heat and water. That's the only output. Now, you've got all your hybrid type vehicles now. Obviously, predominantly, you've got Teslas, you've got, which are obviously electric vehicle. You've got your Toyotas and your Lexuses, which are hybrid based. You've got a lot of electric vehicles that are coming out now. They're, they are being pushed. Don't get me wrong, they are being pushed. And the government have got a massive push on it. Yeah. Like, in the industry, there's electronic charging points popping up everywhere. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's free to drive in London, it's free to charge your car, etc., etc. 
But do you remember that about 15 years ago, they were try, tried to push alternative gas? Yeah. LPG. Yeah, yeah. LPG. Yeah. Now, you own an LPG vehicle now. You tell me where you can fill it up. Yeah. There's, there's no way. Do you know why? Because petrol and diesel in this country is highly taxed. Mm. Highly taxed. At the moment, they ain't getting no revenue from electric cars. They can't charge you to drive in London. They have to give you a grant for you to go and buy one to get you out of a petrol or diesel vehicle. The government are not making no money on it. They don't charge you road tax either to drive an electric uh, car. The, the car companies probably don't want right. you driving as yeah. much either because they're not, yes. they're not uh, required they to They have to take responsibility much. for the batteries for the next seven to ten years. Right. And there's no servicing, really. There's no servicing involved in Exactly. And also, not that, it's like I just mentioned, the sustainability of generating battery vehicles, it creates a problem in itself. Why? Because Tesla are creating all these fantastic cars, but after go. five years, where do they go? Why? They break them down, they can't reuse the batteries inside them. Well, they actually are, but not for the same purpose. Yes. So they, you know, you can get these uh, power points inside your house. Solar so they'll have like technology. a yeah. So you have your solar roof, and then there's a battery inside your house that takes that energy. Though yeah. that is normally an old car battery yeah. that's not up to standard for the car anymore. Because yeah. obviously your car requires a lot of power to run if you're going off EV. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they obviously have to dig up a ton of co- cobalt and stuff out of the ground, which is where I've always, from day one, I've been like, you know what? It's not really that eco-friendly because the only thing you're not doing is pumping out carbon gases from the back end. You're still pumping out carbon making the factory. You're still pumping out carbon having the factory running. And you're still digging up you know, natural resources out in the environment, basically raping Africa because that's where they get a lot of it from. They're in China to, to resource these natural minerals that they use, rare earth minerals, to, to fill up these batteries. That, and with China and the US having their beef, yeah, China are now looking to start. They're cutting down. Rare, yeah, uh, they start cutting down. Their, um, yeah. Negotiating tactics, yeah. didn't they? And they've, they've uh, recently there's a there's a Tesla factory recently been opened in China, because Tesla know they can't import to China, because China would be like a big fu to America. Yeah, it is it is it is a big problem. Is that the the way the industry goes in the next five to ten years? Is going to be massive. It's like I say, there's manufacturers now that are they're they're going to stop producing diesels, which, which. That's me, buggered. Yeah, basically they they they're trying to drive diesel off the road because it's it they can basically make a much more fuel efficient engine from a petrol. Low engine, high power, which is the equivalent of, like a two liter, they can get the same power output now from a one point two or one point four. All right. Yeah. So as a consumer then, right? So I do 25,000 miles a year. Yep. Which is decent mileage yeah. compared to average Joe, I guess. Yeah. I currently drive 1.6 TDI Ford Focus. My average MPG that I get off the screen yeah. is 60. Yeah. Thereabouts. They're, you know, down a little bit if I floor it a couple of times during, a, during the course of the tank. I've been looking at uh, the BMW 2 Series because on, on paper, yep. a 220 is, is pretty much the same fuel economy, but it's a more comfortable car for me to drive on long yep. railways. 
allow all of that whatever i'm thinking what would you suggest if i'm doing 25k a year it's my own personal car that i've bought and i'm obviously wanting to to keep costs down because i did have an audi a5 before quattro yeah. which was very nice like <laughs> very, had a winner. very powerful you know <coughs> but it just did my head in when i was driving at 70 on the motorway or 65 to save fuel getting overtaken by little Citroen Saxos putting along <laughs> <laughs> so yeah what would you recommend well it's it's, that's, it's a hard it's a hard because it comes down to personal preference but like you just said you're doing 25,000 miles a year predominantly it's motorway mileage personally I would not buy a BMW 2 Series the depreciation value you're going to see on that vehicle is going to be astronomical you might as well just go and buy it with your pants around your ankles that's how bad it's going to be I would look to buy something that's fuel efficient, but you're not going to lose so much money on it, on the depreciation value, and will still give you the MPG. Now, you could buy a small engine, 1.4, you'll still get the same power output. You can you can still only drive at 70 mile an hour on a motor. 80 or 90 at a push, there's a limit. Mm. So, you could buy something of a similar size, Kia and Hyundai do a lot of low-engined, high MPG output. Bro, look at me, man. Do I look like I'm driving a Kia? Listen. I, t- <laughs> I had to... I was so sad, yeah, when I traded in. I literally... I PX'd my A5, right? Because I... Yeah. I came so much mileage on that car. I bought it... Yeah, I had it just under two years. I put 50,000 miles on it. What about another Focus, a one-litre EcoBoost? It's a similar sort of thing. One litre eco boost will give you the same MPG. Okay, but but the seats aren't comfortable. <laughs> That's, <laughs> That's what I said. It, you know it, what? it, it all comes that. This it goes back to that thing that what you were saying earlier, where they ask for advice. But they yeah. 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 It, it all no, comes but, down to personal so, preference. Do you know what? I literally I was I was looking at my focus because I was like I might as well, I could just keep it because I I know when I buy a car I'm going to lose a ton of money on it because the yeah, amount of mileage yeah, yeah, I'm putting it. on it is to the point where Ford actually. <clears throat> Sorry, Ford are actually quite expensive with their servicing. Yeah. So, what I do is, I get the car serviced by either Ford or Halfords, because they do sales sometimes. So, I get the car serviced by them once a year, and I service it myself in between that. Yep. So, it's still getting an annual service from the dealership, and it's also still meeting its mileage intervals, because you obviously have to to do that. So, I just service it myself. It's out of warranty anyway, so it's not going to make a huge difference. That's it. And I looked at it like, if you're buying an older car... There's no point at all in taking it to the main dealer because the cost, let's say for example, over the course of three years, it will cost you fifteen hundred pounds, maybe even more, to get it serviced three, four times. Yeah. And then when you come to sell it, had you have got it serviced by a local garage, you wouldn't be making that money back when you, when you then no. sell it. So it's not really worth it. So I was like, sod it, I'll do it that way. That's but, a, but literally, that's... because I've got like issues with my back. And driving my focus is doing my nothing. I was thinking about buying the seats out of an ST and just swapping them over so they're more comfortable. <laughs> now I just thought, you look like such a dickhead driving down the road with ST seats and a standard <laughs> Ford. I can't do it. And that's one of the reasons why I looked at the BMW because I know they've got com- literally yeah, yeah, yeah. just for the com- comfortable seats. And I know what you mean. I was uh, because um, I've got again, I've got friends that, that like do up cars and stuff. I was, and you'll probably be like, you're a mug. But I was thinking about going to a Copart auction. And getting something that's uh, non-structural, and then getting it done up. Yeah, I see that. That's like 
Look, I see. You can see the, the <laughs> life draining out of this man's face. He's like, did he not just listen <laughs> to anything I said? You can. Cobra <laughs> is is insurance oh, driven. Basically, you yeah. have to be registered to purchase off of it. For people who don't know what Copart is, Copart is... Don't tell them, bro. <laughs> Copart is uh, a website similar to eBay, but it's a car auction site for insurance crash damage vehicles where you go on and it's a bidding process and there's everything and anything on there. You can buy... You buy a Ferrari. You can, buy, yeah, you can buy Porsches. You can buy Lamborghinis. You can buy anything and anything on there. They will sell it in any condition. We're talking... Even written off cars where they've caught fire, they don't yeah, care. I've seen them flood damage fire they, a lot. They wow. just they will they want to recoup back any amount of money they can. Wow! So you can buy anything. If you want to buy a car just for interior, mm. you can buy a car just for the interior. If the engine's blown up, they will sell you anything. Wow. But it is literally a free for all. Do you know what? Yeah. the way I think of that website? It's um, it's a little bit like TK Maxx. Sports direct of the car <laughs> no, industry. No, no. Do you know what I say? It's like TK Maxx, right? You go to let's say you go to a normal clothes shop, yeah. You buy normal decent clothes. Yeah. You can walk around. You have to walk around TK Maxx for like an hour and a half. You'll find one little gem. You're like, yes, <laughs> it's a bargain. It's in good nick. The, there's no loose threads. It's all good. I'm having it. That's it. I think it's just like I've I've spent hours and hours and hours looking on Copart, and you can see a car and you look at the picture like. This one looks good. Yeah. It looks good. Yes. It says, yep, yep. Looks all right. Looks all right. You check the mileage and everything. You can go on. You can, if, depending on whether or not they show the red, you can then go and do the background checks and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah. And you go, yeah, it looks well. Why is it so cheap? Oh, it's flood damage. That's why. That's it. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. The so, yeah. pulled out of a lake. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't advise people to go and buy from Copart. I think, I think you need to be a very specific type of person to yeah. go like to one do. of those websites and, and actually like buy one of them cars and go for you it. also have to have the resource to be able to repair these type of vehicles because yeah. with technology now on cars it's everything is is ECU and computer controlled so you could buy a car that bodywork wise looks technically sound and you get it home and you can have a whole world of hurt so that's a good caveat because the next thing I was going to mention was tech with regards to cars and the autonomous vehicles yep so Obviously, with the autonomous vehicles, it seems like, and I don't know, to me sometimes as well, I kind of think of Tesla as a tech company. But obviously, you've got Google, there's been rumours of Apple, yeah. Dyson are uh, doing, a lot, doing a lot of stuff in the autonomous vehicle space. Um, from an industry point of view, what's that, What like, is that a worry? Like, I heard something recently that uh, I think was VW or Audi, basically scrapped a, a car that they were trying to make to compete with the, the 3 Series, uh, the Model 3 Tesla, because once they got hold of a Model 3 Tesla, they were so far behind that yeah, they yeah, basically yeah. had to kind of go back to the drawing board. Is that a worry? Like, the, the likes of Google, the amount of money that they're putting into autonomous, Uber, all these tech companies now sort of moving into that driver space. And they've got the, they've got the I think one of the things before is when, when, when there's been new car manufacturers, they were always up against behemoths and they a lot of them were falling by the wayside. Obviously one of the most famous ones, DeLorean, back yeah. in the future sort of thing. Whereas these companies have got huge revenue streams from other areas. The thing with autonomous vehicles is it, that, that, that it won't work by itself. Why? Google will have the technology, as in Google Maps, 
it have the features it will have it will have a lot of the and have a lot of the stuff where they can that they can implement partial part of the technology right but could you imagine google trying to build a car right okay okay they're a technology company right. trying to build a motor vehicle they will be light years behind a manufacturer trying to produce autonomous vehicles. Right. The likelihood the future will be, if it does go down that way, it will be, they'll be pairing up with a manufacturer. Right. So they'll select a manufacturer. Right. Now they already integrate all of their technology in yeah. to the vehicles, like you said, Tesla. Yeah. They use basically Apple-based products yeah. inside their vehicles. They're big, they're big, TV screen inside there is predominantly based on a, an iPad. That's a good point actually because I think a lot of the technology that Google and even Uber are using they're attaching to Volvos. Yeah. Some of this, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I see what you mean actually. Yeah. So it. And Volvo have got Polestar as well. They're, yeah. they're starting to do their own thing as well. They're yeah. A, a lot of manufacturers now are are looking at autonomous vehicles, but believe it or not, it's it's heavy goods vehicles that will become autonomous before anything else. Because the heavy goods industry is predominantly motorway driving, yeah, it makes it easy for them just to send vehicles up and down the motorway yeah, and yeah. follow each other and follow a set route. Okay. People-driven cars, they're so random where people do their own journeys. Sure, it's, yeah. You need methodical A to B to be able to test it yeah. and be able to, to pioneer it. But yeah, it, it, it could possibly come... I don't think it will be coming in the next 10 to 20 years. Okay. Um, it's just too many vehicles on the road, like yeah. I say. In Are you the, for the machines or against? It's hard to say. They'd have to go all out yeah. and basically make it cost effective for people to ditch their cars. Can't be like trains. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, right? yeah. yeah. I've heard before you've had this discussion before. Yeah. I still laugh at it. Yeah, why they have train drivers? <laughs> yeah, to sit in a sit in a cab, look out of a window, just to watch a track yeah. and a couple of flashing lights. The biggest conspiracy. Yeah, yeah. autonomous vehicles will go right. exactly the same way. Okay. Basically, they'll drive drivers off of the road. Right. There will be no need for you to have a motor vehicle, but it can't be like trains. They can't have delays. Yeah. You can't be sitting there waiting for autonomous vehicle to come along. Mm. It needs to be instant, yeah, instant yeah. access like it is now. Yeah. Like we're in an age now where Uber is massive. Yeah. Uber is massive for a reason yeah. because there's so much out there. There's so many drivers on the road. You can get an Uber in five minutes. Yeah. You don't have to phone up your local taxi rank and say, excuse me, mate, how long for the next taxi? You know that Uber is going to come along. You can watch it on your phone. You see the driver, the vehicle, etc. Yeah. Technology has advanced so much. It's 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 all about convenience. Right. right. So, and I think that's one of the big blockers that's going to be there as well is that you can't have like one of the issues Tesla's got at the minute. There was a recent crash that happened. Guy died. Yeah. Where the Tesla was following the car in front, and it's coming up to roadworks, and the guy the car in front went right as the lanes were splitting. And there was a like a temporary central reservation that had been put up, and the Tesla just went straight into that temporary central yeah. reservation because it it didn't know the new road layout, so it thought it was like keeping within the lines, 
Meanwhile, it should have veered slightly left or veered slightly yeah. right. So one issue is that the car, if let's say, for example, the car in front of it was autonomous as well, that could have linked to that car behind and gone, right, we're swerving right, we're both swerving right, or we're going to swerve left. I've picked yeah. up this. Because you've got normal cars integrated, like you can't integrate normal right. cars with autonomous cars without still having accidents. Mm. So the only way it would actually work is if the government went, right, the only cars on the road from tomorrow are going to be autonomous. Or they had autonomous lanes. That's how it yeah, worked. Yeah, maybe, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That, 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 that would... Be. But do you know the problem <coughs> with that is, England, especially around London, like you can't go, right, we're going to have a, no, a new lane in London. Yeah, you can't. Yes. It ain't going to work. Yeah. It goes back to maybe motorways and stuff. They're, they'll do the same thing yeah. they, they have done now. Yeah. They'll basically tax people so highly, they'll yeah. drive people off the road and they'll just have autonomous road networks yeah. in London. And they'll just... That, that's we already have the technology there a lot of people that drive modern cars now they'll have adaptive cruise control yeah adaptive cruise control works very similar to our autonomous vehicle works. Yeah. it basically guides the distance between you and the vehicle in front gauges the speed slows the vehicle and speeds it up as and when it needs to yeah now a lot of people just think they can just like kick back and not bother driving it's a driver aid system yeah it's, it's in the title it's a driver aid it's not doesn't drive the car yeah. for you it's mm. it, and that's that's one of the issues tesla's having at the minute as well it's, i don't think they they even call it autopilot yeah i think the the public call it autopilot yeah they they say no no it's a it's in a very advanced cruise control system that's it. you still which is why they've now started to say right you if you take your hand off the steering wheel for more than five seconds you'll get like a, a little alert that you need to put it back on yeah. and if you leave it off for long enough it will disengage your the Autopilot, as I like to call it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so, right, tell us about the industry. Let's get on to Brexit. Let's stop being friendly. <laughs> Let's get on tell to us, Brexit. Tell us about why. So, just just so people are up to date. So there was a there was a uh, a newspaper article. Now, in all fairness, this newspaper article didn't specifically say the motor industry, but they had the big picture as like a motor in like factory factory. So they were implying something. And I put, I posted that and I think my comment was along the lines of Brexiteers ain't like, even if you're not recognised, like let's say just in case, like surely it's best for you to be prepared. Like, because we're hearing lies from both sides. Surely you want to be prepared for the worst case scenario, just in case, like it does like, what's it called? Project Fear, Project Fear comes true. So we have, Two people here who um, seem opposed to some of my views. <laughs> so um, yeah, let's let's discuss this. My reasoning yeah. behind my argument yeah, was yeah. basically is we don't know the future of Brexit. Okay. So that, that when they come out of all these import tariffs, etc., they don't know the future because it's not happened. Right. But my my basis for my argument was if you take the UK car industry as a as a whole, yeah. okay, yeah, we are very unique in Europe when it comes down to purchase in motor vehicles, right. okay? Now, we buy any make, model, brand of car in this country. We don't have no allegiance, right. yeah? Someone will drive a Ford, someone will drive a Merc, someone, will, someone else will drive a Seat, someone will drive an Audi. We have no allegiance. We pick and choose what we want. We have so much selection and option available to us. Right. The rest of Europe is totally different. You go to Italy, they predominantly drive Italian brands. They'll drive an Alfa, they'll drive a Fiat, they'll drive Ferraris. Yeah, yeah. 
You go to France, they'll drive a Citroen. They'll drive a Peugeot. You go to the Nordics, they'll drive Volvos. They'll drive... Yeah. That's it, mate. Yeah, Volvos. That's, <laughs> that's it. Saab. That's yeah, Saab, because yeah. they're still oh, they going. Yeah. But yeah, and even, to be fair, in Germany, they're all driving Mercs, Beamers. Yeah. I think Mercs probably the most common in Germany. Also. So, my argument is, do you really think that the car industry can afford to set tariffs against one of the biggest car purchasing countries in Europe, knowing full well that they're not their revenue sales across the rest of Europe is minuscule compared to this country. Like I said earlier, we got nearly 32 million cars on the road over here. We car registrations in the last three years have not dropped. I can tell you that right, for a yeah, fact. No, yeah, yeah. I work with numbers where I know these are facts. The car sale percentage between three years ago and between today's figures, they don't fluctuate by more than 10,000 vehicles. Now you're talking over the last three years, the UK car industry has probably registered 190,000 brand new vehicles on the road. So there's so many people buying brand new cars from different manufacturers in this country that they can't afford to fit tariffs. To okay. people buying new cars. So when some when so when so when when um so when companies are coming out and some in the motor industry, I know sometimes something will happen and then you'll have other people are saying it's to do with Brexit. But when there have been people within the car manufacturing in, industries and they are warning the saying, look, this situation obviously um with regards to because if we do have a hard Brexit, surely there are going to be tariffs in, involved. I mean, eventually, yes, they'll sort shit out, but... I, I can't see them introducing tariffs. You, My reason being, do you know why they're doing it at the moment? Why? They're doing it to drive sales. Because they're telling people that unless you buy your car now, when we leave Brexit, whether it's with no deal or any deal, right. the car will be £2,000 more. Right. So people are like, oh, I better buy my car now. I better buy it now. I need to buy it. Like... Potentially, it's going to be £2,000 more. I, I need to buy it. Yeah. So, the people that are sitting there considering buying a brand new car, they're being scared into the fact that they need to buy a new car. Now, like I said, we touched on it earlier. We spoke about the fact that the industry, there's certain factories shutting, there's certain things going on in the industry, which they all publicise, and their co-conspiracy is putting it down to Brexit. Yeah. Now, the reason a Ford factory is shutting in Wales is because they no longer need or manufacture the engine. They manufacture in other plants across Europe the newer engines to fit in the newer vehicles. Now, they're, they're driving diesels off the road. Right. So if they're driving diesels off the road and this factories are only producing diesel engines or they're producing predominantly components for the diesel engine, yeah. They're not going to be around in five years' time. It's right. just a fact of life. Right. And it's, if anyone listening thinks, yeah, but they could modify the plant to start making petrol engines, companies like this, because I just witnessed it firsthand, they can just shut down the business and write off 90% of their losses from shutting down that factory as tax deductions. So there's no incentive for them to keep it running. They can just write off their, write off all the losses from that as a tax thing. I just watched... Uh, my sister works at Timberland, their head office for the UK. They just moved their head office and they left 
90% of the stuff of value in the office and paid a company to come and skip it. Yeah. I'm talking like a, a £4,000 conference room table that they spent four grand on. They say, yeah, just chuck it. Yeah. Because they know they just write that off on their tax returns. That's it. So, and plus, a lot, like, a lot of these major manufacturers, they've had a staple longevity in this country. We've got a lot of heritage in this country when it comes down to manufacturing motor vehicle parts and motor vehicles. Right. Now, we do export a lot of stuff. Now, don't get me wrong, there might be problems coming to exporting vehicles, but they will work it out. It's... They're, they're not it's they're not not going to stop exporting vehicle parts and vehicles or importing them just for the fact of brexit so i get that my thing is more about also around some of these places that are like we're in the southeast we've got quite a diverse um economy yeah, yeah? like i work in it like even if worst case scenario touch wood i need some it's hard um, <laughs> um, like worst case not I could I could I shouldn't struggle finding another job yeah um, or even if I had to change careers then you know we're, we're not doing too too bad in the you've South been doing East. them college courses bruv I'm sure you've got bare skills bare skills I've got my side hustles everything going on but with with regards to some of these other places where some of these manufacturing plants are if they go like that's that's town dependent, and you also got a lot of the a lot of the industry around that town is feeding into the supply chain. So by that factory going, there it has a big knock on effect. So my my thing is more around like if we don't know what effect Brexit's gonna have, like rather than just be like it's not to do with Brexit, it's like surely have a plan B just in case Brexit right. does have this. Yeah, these ramifications. I, I get your point that that people are going to lose their jobs and that because the manufacturing plant is going, that there will be a knock-on effect. But Vauxhall shut the massive factory that they had in Luton about fifteen years ago. Luton still survived. Yeah, but Luton's also shit <laughs> <laughs> It is. Yes. Yeah, Some would argue if it's ever recovered. Yeah. No. Luton's still in the southeast zone. Like Luton's twenty minutes from London. Yeah. Okay. Let let me just let me have a little crack at this one then. When electricity was in, invented, bare people lost their jobs, right? Yeah. When the when the factory production line was invented, bare people lost their jobs, right? People, there's always shit happening that causes people to lose their jobs, but there's also loads of shit happening that causes people to get like create new jobs. That's just the way we work. Like we'll find another thing to do. Yeah, yeah, but you—that's the, 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 the prosperous. The, yeah, the problem no, is, is, is the motor is. vehicle industry is being replaced by the aero industry. Yeah, wow. a lot of there's a couple of major air part suppliers in Wales, right? Where they supply parts to a lot of major aircraft manufacturers. Right now. There will still be jobs for a few people, but the air industry will basically take over because they'll be looking for these skill set of these people because the air industry is booming. It's the same with the train networks at the moment. Train travel is booming. For some reason, them two industries at the moment are on the up with 
terminal through uh, the third runway coming etc because yeah. it will come it's inevitable it's that the, the, the country needs it it's saying that so I've recently found this out sorry to just to, to think apparently Heathrow used to have six runways but um, aviation laws got changed and runways were required to be a certain length yeah um, yeah so they so they had to shut them off and that's when all these other like all, all the, the other stuff and, kicked in. Yeah, yeah whether it's other terminals and other things that's land so I was, yeah I found that the other day they actually used to have six terminals uh, sorry six runways yeah which is random but anyway so yeah that's so so the people with the skill set will be acquired by other industries it's it's just a fact of life it's just they're, they're not shutting the factories because of Brexit they're not relocating because of Brexit Ford have not come out and said we're shutting that factory in Wales we're relocating it to Spain who was it I think was it Nissan or one of the Japanese ones that mentioned Brexit yeah they, they will mention Brexit because it serves a it serves purpose. a yeah it serves a purpose and it's also an excuse that they can use where they can just exit and they can just you, without making it look like the company's struggling exactly. which it may very well be especially Japan's economy is a bit shitty at the minute as well yeah and not that as well is they can just attribute it to that and not have to have any other answers they could just do it and just use that as the excuse where in the background there could be a lot of stuff going on in the, in the company they might not be selling as many vehicles they might not be generating as many parts because they don't need to service the vehicles. You know, predominantly Nissans never really need repairing. They need servicing and that's it. They very rarely break down. Yeah, I might get Nissan. They're a very reliable product. Yeah. That is the downfall. See, my, my worry is that there's a lot of, and this is this is me. You just like, worry is, a lot, Denny. This is caring, Denny, yeah. So, as I said, I'm in the southeast. Predominantly, like, the area I'm in, it's a place like predominantly remain but we're the more prosperous part is some of these areas like I've been to parts of the UK where the ex, ex mining t- towns ex manufacturing towns that just are just just so, ain't recovered alright so let me just ask you this and I feel like there are a lot of the people who voted to leave thinking that things will get better but I feel like they've been misinformed right. so, so why do you feel bad for them people because fuck them Right. No, no, that's they why I'd leave. No, yeah, and I'm going to deal with the consequences. You rage your bed, you lie. If you voted Remain and you live in the southeast, Brexit or no Brexit, you'll be all right. Yeah, that's it. If you voted Leave and you live out in the middle of bloody like twenty miles out of Cardiff, you're fucked, mate. You shouldn't have voted that way. You you learn your lesson, doesn't it? Move to the southeast. Yeah, but. That's all very that's all very well and good. I know this is no great area, so I shouldn't be <laughs> dithering in the middle. But I do I just feel like a lot of people like I this is how I feel about it. What the the reasons politicians want Brexit is different to why the people want Brexit. And when that world collides, like when the reality isn't there, I think a lot of people are gonna feel cheated. And I don't so for this whole healing thing bringing the country together I don't think it's going to work because I don't. I think they're essentially being sold a pipe dream. Yeah, That's but like I said, you, we can't foresee the future. We, Brexit hasn't happened yet, so we don't know what is actually going to happen. If when we do leave, because it's going to happen when yeah. when it does happen, especially if Boris <laughs> gets Boris, in charge. When Boris gets in, it's going to be a party, bro. That's what it's going to be. <laughs> Boris is going to bring Trump over. Yeah, that's it. We're leaving tomorrow. <laughs> Pack your bags. That's it. <laughs> O2 is going to be a big party, that's it. It's going to all go off. Do you know yeah. what? Little side thing, yeah? 
Did you know Boris Johnson's got like five, six kids? No one actually knows how many kids he's got. <laughs> I'm he's not like even joking. Apparently, at least one of his kids is like a love child, like illegitimate love child or something. I'm like, what the hell? hell? Yeah. My man's swinging dick left, right, and centre. Man's balling. That's funny. Like he's he's not even in America. You have to be a, a you have to be born in the country, don't you, to be able to become yeah, president? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he was born in New York, but we don't have that wall. Yeah. Like I say, but you know what? For a guy who has an issue pulling out, <laughs> you know, he's going to have no problem pulling out. You ain't going to have no problem exiting. That's it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. Well, do you know what? I'll be open, yeah. I've, historically, I've voted Conservative. I couldn't vote for Labour with Jeremy Corbyn in charge. And I'll tell you straight. I am voting for no political party run by Boris Johnson. He has done, as as mayor of London, he implemented very little of of use. Like obviously, the Boris bikes thing is not Boris's thing. That was Ken Livingstone's. We discussed that the other day. Yeah. Uh, he had that big disaster with the bridge that was supposed to get built that cost like over a hundred million and never happened. In all fairness, I'm not a fan of his, but now he can suck a dick. Now, I'm not voting for that bridge him. thing. The whole calamity of it happened when he had left, so he had less control over it. No, no, no. But he was he was in charge as it was kicking off. He was in charge oversighting the um, all the bids for the contracts and the architecture yeah, and plans he, and all think, that I stuff. Think, I do think if he was in charge, he would have it would have gone through. Nah, you, you, what, I don't know the, what your thing is with Boris, bro. No, I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan. I just think that he would have like that was his. That was no, one of his flagship things. I do think he would have he would have done that. But yeah, but, I don't know. I don't know what Sajid Javid's thinking of doing, like for running. He's not. But going back to Boris, even as MP for what is it, Ealing or Hayes? He was yeah. MP for, and like people in his in his area were like, "You're a prick, mate. You're never like you're a useless MP." Who's that? Who's that? Boris. Boris. Oh, okay. Uh, Uxbridge, wasn't it? Was it Uxbridge? Yeah. yeah. I know, but I, I can remember at the time, like within six months of him becoming MP for that area, people were kicking off like, "We don't even see this guy." He's never around, doesn't do anything. Does it? So, I, I, yeah, I'm not voting for, for Conservatives with Boris in charge. And he's saying he ain't going to call for a vote until after Brexit anyway. Yeah, which makes sense. It does, yeah, it yeah. does. But that'll be them getting kicked straight out of power. Yeah. As long as, as ah, do you know what, as l- I say that, but then I'm like, you can't really put Labour in charge until they change leadership. I'll tell you something about Boris, right? Every person I've spoken to who's come across him has said that bumbling fool of a person that you see, that don't him. believe the hype. Yeah, of course. I've, smart, I've said this before. He's, he's yeah? He knows what he's doing. A friend of mine used to work with him and she said straight, he doesn't even speak like that. Yeah. That, that's, a, that's an yeah. act. Which makes me even more, I'm not voting for him. Right? You're a dishonest person. Even the way you speak, like the, your, the voice that you use, mm. 90% of the time is not, you're, you're just a dishonest person. Fuck you. If I wouldn't have you around my house for dinner because I'm worried that you're going to steal my cutlery, I'm not, I'm not going to have you running my country, bro. We'll see, we'll see. Well, I, I ain't got no choice by the looks it. of it. Yeah, that's it. But yeah. That's it. It'll be interesting. It will be interesting. Interesting. Like I say, it's, you, you, a lot of industry nowadays is using Brexit as an excuse. Technology companies use it as an excuse. The motor industry, the IT industry, everybody is using it as an excuse. No one can wholeheartedly come out and say they know the facts because it hasn't happened yet. When it happens, if it all falls down, then everyone can turn around and say the old cliche, I told you so. Yeah, we'll have that, we'll have that Kanye mm. West song all falls yeah. down as I think. But do you know what? I'm, I'm hoping that it does. 
I'm looking. I'm looking. He really don't like these people in these small towns up north. Do you know what it is? I'm I'm looking to get on a property, like get a a property uh, towards the end of this year, and obviously house prices just just keep keep heading north, right? If uh, if I think about like the house that my parents used to live in, seven years ago that house was two hundred fifty thousand, and even then I was like, how is this house worth a quarter of a million pound? It's a three bed semi. The the back garden backs off onto the main train line going into London, right? Literally, like at the end of the back garden, there's some bushes, and then there's a train tracks, and uh, and it's in the middle of a council estate. And I was like, this is worth a quarter of a mil. No way. I was looking online the other day. A house across the road, same like on the same street, is going for four hundred and seventy. It's the same size, same everything. House prices are going madness at the minute. They could. I could do with the bottom falling out of the housing market. That would do me nicely. Now, buy a house nice and cheap. <laughs> Watch the economy recover. Watch the house prices shoot back up. I'll tell you one thing that won't become cheap. Cars won't become no cheaper. That's one thing. That's That's true. They will never discount cars. Mm. Never. Di- all these stickers you see in the windows and yeah. all these things, all these deals they've got going on, special bank holiday weekend deals, they've only inflated the price. Yeah. before you get through the door that's all it is so okay what I, I, I've had this conversation with people before yeah where they go we should just do the right thing follow the rest of the world and change the side of the road that we drive on yep do you think we should nah why not Cause just because you like being new, unique <laughs> it's or? unique it's a British thing because obviously like it, it makes it difficult like you can't buy a European car you can't sell your car in Europe. Yeah. Obviously, if you're a if you're a Spaniard and you want to sell your car, a guy in Portugal can buy your car if he wants to. Yep. And don't like there's, there's there's nothing to stop you from doing that. But obviously, if you're in the UK and you want to sell your car, you're not going to sell your car to a Frenchman, unless obviously he's living in the UK. Which post Brexit, that won't be happening. <laughs> it's true. It's true. It's true. It's true. We like I said, we are unique. That obviously over here we drive right and drive cars and like I said before it's we purchase a wide variety of cars it's, it's compared to the rest of Europe it's it's quite astonishing how they only stick to certain brands yeah you're right a lot of Polish people drive their cars over here mm. direct from Poland because yeah. they don't want to buy cars when they get here obviously they re-register them over here and drive them legitimately so you do see a lot more left-hand drive vehicles on the road nowadays than what you used to. It used yeah. to be very few and far between. You'd see a few imports. Now, for for those that aren't aware, obviously, if you're driving a left-hand drive and you pull out of a junction and get hit oncoming traffic, you're getting hit on your side rather than on the passenger side. Right? So that's the, the risk involved in buying a left-hand drive car or driving one in this country. But obviously, if you want to buy a left-hand drive car here, it's a lot cheaper, isn't it? It is a lot cheaper, yeah. Is it worth it? Nah. <laughs> it's a limited target market. That's the problem. Because I don't mind driving a left-hand drive car because I've, like, I've driven in like 17 different countries. Yeah, that's it. So it doesn't really bother me. But the idea of getting hit and a side impact like and being right there does bother me. And it bothers me enough not to buy a left-hand drive car, even though I can <laughs> save some money. <laughs> is it sure, insurance higher on them cars as well, if you buy left-hand? Yeah, I, it, 
it, like I say, insurance is always this kind. There's so many defining factor, but I'd imagine, yeah, yeah there is, yeah. yeah. Is here's, here's one. I don't know if you know. Is it true that if you have a red car, it's more expensive to insure? <sighs> I don't know. Oh, I've got to look. I do. I, I do know. I do know that if you um say you garage your car, yeah, makes it more expensive, doesn't makes it? Makes it more expensive. What? Because they break to... into your house to and steal, steal your keys. keys to get into your garage oh, shit. to steal your car. You're better off having it on the drive. That's why oh. they say, where do you put it? And if you say on the driveway or on street parking, yeah. it's a dis- it's disassociated from your house. Especially because the number of, oh. there's, a, there's a term for it, I can't remember what it is, but there's a, a term for it, it's much, much more popular now where people just break into your house, yeah. steal yeah, your yeah, keys. Yeah, they just yeah. hook them through the letterbox. Yeah. Mm. Happened to someone that we know. Had yeah. his had his Merc stolen off his driveway. Sure. The other year, you remember he's got a Porsche four by four now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It didn't hurt him too much. But yeah. Madness, madness. Right. Yeah. Getting on for time. I think we need to start wrapping up. The usual thing we do. Um, old school movie, old school song. Who wants to start? Do you know? What? I will. Right. Then he's. Gonna <laughs> go. <laughs> I'm keeping it real. I'm keeping it disaster. I'm keeping it. I'm anti Brexit, and I think the world's gonna come to an end. So. I've already mentioned it. My song is going to be All Falls Down, Kanye West featuring Selena Johnson. And my film is going to be Deep Impact. That's oh, what I feel like. Oh, right. oh, oh my God. Do you know what? With Brexit and Brexit. <laughs> Brexit, <laughs> Brexit meteorite. <laughs> Do you know what? So my film's you know? Deep Impact. All right, all right. Who was in that? Morgan Freeman? Yeah. Uh, Elijah Wood. Was it uh, Elijah Wood? Elijah Wood, I think it the was. The guy from... Uh, from Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. All right. Do you know what? Because I'm, I'm going to keep my movie then, or at least my movie title, uh, more on my views then. Cliffhanger. <laughs> <laughs> Sylvester Stallone in this bitch. Yeah, weirdly enough, it was actually on TV the other day, and I watched like the first 20 minutes of it, and I was like, oh, I want to watch the end of this. Um, so yeah, Cliffhanger. And then my song, I can't remember the artist, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do a very bad job of, of just basically singing the song. But it's an old, older rap tune. It goes, it's over, it's over, now move over. It's my turn, now move over. The game's shut down. Shit. Sorry. You Shazam that. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna, I'll Google the lyrics. Um, I'll, we'll, we'll Google, just Google the lyrics, isn't it? Yeah, I think that's a popular artist as well, you know. Yeah, I can't remember who it was. I thought it was like Santana or something, but I don't think it is Santana. I don't know. It might be. But while, while Denny Googles it. While Denny Googles it. My throwback film is going to be Beverly Hills Cop. Yeah, man. Okay, one, two, or three, or just. <sighs> yeah, probably number one, really. Nah. Okay. Number two, the theme part one, is probably the best one. Do you know what? There's a, there's a line in that. It was by Corrupt. Oh, that was it. Yeah. Uh, I like the, the scene in that where he's about to do the deal. He finds out that, his, uh, that the guy got shot. And he's like. This guy's a cap. I know he's a cap. I can smell pork. I used to be a Muslim. <laughs> yeah. Um, my throwback song uh, is going to be my wedding song. Okay. It's going to be... You little romantic you. It's going to be Next Wifey. Okay, okay, okay. Okay. That's a tune as well. Yeah, that's... Yeah. That's a decent wedding song. That was my wedding song, yeah, so... Ah, I, I, do you know what? I've got... 
like obviously I've only known you now like 90 minutes but uh, but yeah even then just that's a good choice for a wedding song man you could tell a lot about a person <laughs> if you'd have said fucking Brian Adams everything <laughs> I do I'd have been like only time I'm talking to this prick <laughs> but yeah man yeah. that's a sick tune that's a sick tune but yeah thank you for, for coming on man and shed, right. sharing some knowledge it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's been, been a it's, it's been, been a pleasure but yeah that's that's all we've got time for this week obviously you guys make sure you check it check out this episode and all other episodes are available and all of those songs are available in our no great areas podcast playlist on spotify that denny's already just added them on as yeah. we speak so they'll be there well in advance but yeah that's that's us man we're done i'm lewis i'm denny i'm dave we're, we're out. out peace peace